1: Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Really having trouble understanding what's going on with the New York Jets and Zach Wilson. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Amber Wilson is in for Chris Canty. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your Dr. Pepper call in line number. More on the Jets. We turn to former Jet tight end Anthony Becht, he is now the head coach of the XFL's St. Louis Battle Hawks. He does the Jet games during the preseason. Anthony, Chris Carlin, along with Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio, we appreciate the time. First up, what do you make of it when Robert Sala comes out yesterday and says, yeah, if all is good, he's going to play this week, and then today it's we'll see you in week four?
2: Yeah, you know what? I- It's interesting. I mean, I could see if it was like, you know, okay, not this week, next week, Uh, you know, you can play that game a little bit because you want to keep the team on edge, but it is kind of a big jump when you're talking about potentially 30 days you know, in between that statement and the next time he's going to touch the field. So, I mean, listen, he doesn't really have to give anybody anything until he has to give somebody something and, and his decision was at his decision, but uh, it is a little interesting. I, I probably never, I'm trying to go back and think has that ever been kind of done before where, it's like, okay, not this week, but we'll see him in, in, in four weeks. So, but, uh, you know, the jets are fortunate, you know, Joe Flacco being an experienced player that he is the weapons and the roster that this team has now, I think they're in a good place heading into this first week. I really feel good about, you know, what they could be potentially come week one.
3: Well, you're right, Anthony, this is a much improved jets team, or at least we certainly expect it to be when we thought Zach Wilson was going to start the season, but I think that that leads to another problem here where, yes, you have a very viable backup quarterback to come in and replace Wilson while he's out. What if Joe Flacco ends up being good here at a much improved Jets team? (laughs) Like what if things are going very well through the first four weeks? What is that decision going to be like then for Sala to go back to Zach Wilson?
2: Uh, Well, I think, you know, look, if they're, 3-1 3-1 and maybe or 4-0, of course. I, he stays in. I, I wouldn't take him out. I mean, you know, you're, you're trying. At the end of the day, I, you know, if you go all the way to the top with, with uh, Mr. Woody Johnson, I'm assuming wins are the biggest deal right now for uh, for the Jets organization. Obviously, filling that stadium is, is probably right there. So, uh, look, I mean, you, you have a good backup for these particular reasons. And uh, we saw a little bit of this last year. You know, with Mike White, I mean, he came in, had that great game and Zach was kind of ready and they gave another game. and It didn't work out and it kind of, okay. here we go. Here's Zach. So, you know, look, this is a tough stretch to to start the season uh, for for the Jets schedule. If there's some way, somehow they can find themselves, you know, uh, three and one. I think it's it's a realistic uh, conversation that, you know, Joe Flacco may continue to stay in there until things go sour.
1: Anthony Beck, former Jets tight end, and of course now the head coach of the XFL St. Louis Battle Hawks joining Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson is in for Canty today. W- with that in mind, how difficult would it be, or how much more difficult is it for an older player like Flacco to navigate his way through a longer stretch of playing than just a few weeks? In other words, if they're called upon to maybe go to him for longer than that.
2: Well, I think the biggest thing he's preached and continued to say, and, and since you know he basically went on to his backup role, is that he's still a starter. He can still play in this league. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that he's prepared himself for for that situation. You know, uh, he's a pro. He's a, he's a guy that obviously you know probably his best years are behind him. But I believe when you have good quarterbacks with a lot of experience, and you put them in front of offensive linemen that are pretty good, I think on paper, guys. That this is a really good offensive line to start the season for the Jets, and you know the weapons that they have, the upgrades that they have. That this could be a, a favorable situation for him to kind of revive and give him that passion and energy they potentially extend down the road if things were to go in a positive direction. So I'm I'm excited for the team. I think you know when you look at what they've done uh, with that roster, I kind of want to. I'd like to see what a what a veteran quarterback looks like with some of these weapons, and we're gonna find out on uh, Sunday.
3: We are going to find out, and you're right, uh, Lake and Tomlinson, the addition of him. I mean, this should be a line that provides whoever is under center some protection. But, Anthony, let's assume for a second that at some point they are going back to Zach Wilson here. Do you think that there's a concern now coming off of this latest injury about his durability moving forward? Like, are the Jets going to be looking at next year's draft after this?
2: I don't think so yet. I don't think it's an issue. I, you know, just kind of random situations. You know, obviously, anytime you have injuries with the knees, in particular, two, two years in a row, I mean, it is concerning. You know, but uh, you kind of, you know, look at the full body of what, what Zach has done and his injury history. I don't know if it's something I'd be worried about. I think the biggest thing is really his maturity and growth that you're looking for into this season. You know, all the ups and downs he had last year, and he did have the injury and then now you've upgraded your team so much that you got the pieces there you want them to start the season. You know, I think every year there's been something or at least the last decade with the Jets like who isn't playing week 1. Well, last year Carl Lawson your biggest free agent signing he was out for the year. Now this year, you know, you don't have your starting quarterback to start the season. It's frustrating, there's no doubt of, about that internally because I'm ready to see this. I want to see what this team looks like with a healthy Zach Wilson and a guy that can go out there week 1 with these with these new players now and see, okay, how good is this kid? How big of a jump can he make? And now we have to wait. He has to wait. And I just, you know, there is that little bit of a sour taste, at least for me, the fact that he's not going to be out there for at least four weeks of the season.
1: Anthony, good stuff. We appreciate the time, brother. Thanks.
2: you got to be well, guys. Thank you.
1: Anthony Beck, former Jets tight end, head coach of the XFL's St. Louis Battle Hawks. Here is Zach Wilson just a little while ago. And it doesn't sound like he's too concerned, certainly not going to change the way he plays.
4: Will you play differently when you get back on the field? Yeah, I, I don't think I'll play any differently. I mean, people can say you should have gone out of bounds or should have slid. But, I mean, it was a non-contact injury. The guy didn't tackle me. You know, if the guy hit me and I got injured, that's one thing. But, you know, if I can't even run, kind <laughs> of, without can hurt, you know, what am I doing? So I got to take care of myself and put myself in a better situation there. And, you know, sometimes unfortunate stuff like that just happens.
1: And, Amber, he should not change the way he plays because the Jets drafted him to be somebody that could extend a play mm-hmm. and could make plays off schedule. He still needs to do that, but where he really needs to take the lessons is from Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson, when he does run around, has got, even though he has taken some hits over the years, he has actually gotten really good at sliding, and when he's out on the move, not taking those massive hits – that are really crushing. Like, Lamar Jackson takes a bunch of hits. He's got to get better at it. Zach Wilson has to learn how to maintain his body in that entire style of play. Because if you take away the style of the guy, then you're taking away the guy.
3: Well, yeah, they they drafted him for his lateral efficiency, right? Like, they drafted him because of that... Quick sidestep, it's one of his best weapons. He just has to learn how to utilize it properly. I think, and like he said, take care of himself, whatever that means. Some of that comes with experience, right? We knew Zach Wilson was very, very young and that he was going to take a little bit of time to develop here. The problem is if you're too injured too often to develop and hopefully that doesn't end up becoming a problem for him because he needs time this season as a starter under center. He's going to need a lot of weeks. We know he's going to miss at at least three or four of them.
1: And speaking of Russell Wilson, he's in Monday Night Football tomorrow morning. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Joe Buck, the new voice of Monday Night Football, going to join the fellas. Looking forward to that. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and also on your smart speaker, Zach Wilson was the first quarterback to lose his job to injury this year. Who's going to be the first quarterback to be benched this year? Which coach is going to be the first to get cut loose this year? There's an awful lot of firsts on the way, some positive ones too, I promise. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. out cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at eBaymotors.com Eligible items only exclusions apply
5: ten seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on Shopify <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business
1: Who's going to get there first? We've got a bunch of categories. Who in the NFL this year is going to get there first? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also on Sirius XM Channel 80, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Amber, I was going through this yesterday. I wanted to come up with the firsts that we're going to see in the league. And it can be quarterback losing a job, but we'll go down the entire list. But it can also be... Guys who are going to hit milestones first above all else. You ready to do this?
3: Look, at you trying to be a glass half full kind of guy. Let's go. Trying.
1: Trying. Not often succeeding, but trying nonetheless. Well, so let's give some it a shot.
3: Negative. You threw some negative in here to make yourself feel all warm and fuzzy.
1: All right, Amber, who is the first quarterback to lose his job? Of
3: course, you'd start with one of those negatives. Uh, yes. I will say Mitchell Trubisky mm-hmm. for your team. And, I, and that's not so much a knock on Trubisky although I have a hard time buying into this idea that he somehow resurrected his career because he stood next to Josh Allen on the sidelines I just think that Kenny Pickett looks like the real deal and I think that they're going to want to see if he is in fact the real deal in the future for that team I think that you give Trubisky some time under center there he's the vet you give him time behind what could be a bad o-line But if you feel comfortable with that line, once that line starts to gel and you feel like you could provide your rooks some protection, you end up bringing in Kenny Pickett. So I think this is actually more about Kenny Pickett than it is even about Mitchell Trubisky. Unless, of course, Trubisky knocks your socks off, I just don't think he's going to.
1: Once again, Amber takes the easy way out. (laughs) You can pick Mitchell Trubisky. You can pick Trey Lance. The answer to the question is Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis will get the first crack at replacing A starter. This is a team in the Tennessee Titans that has lost an awful lot. The A.J. Brown, obviously gone. They've got a rookie receiver now in Traylon Burks. Derrick Henry is back and healthy, but what does that mean? There's going to be a package you would expect for Malik Willis at some point uh, very early in the season, if not at the very beginning. But I think you're going to see Malik Willis, if the Titans get off to a bad start, which they might, I think you could see him by early October. Unless there's an injury, I don't think the others will be guys that will lose their jobs quite that quickly. Amber, let's go positive for a moment. Who will be the first running back to hit 1,000 yards this season? Go. Jonathan Taylor. He is 16. Easy way
3: sixteen. Way to- oh, come on. <laughs> Who do you want me to take? What?
1: Go what? ahead. Rationale. 16 let's touchdowns
3: away from surpassing Barry Sanders for the most ever by a player in his first three seasons. He has 32 career touchdowns. There's no reason to think that the production is going to fall off at all. I'm interested to see what this Colts team looks like now The Matt Ryan at the helm. I understand they might have to not have to be quite as reliant on the running game, but Jonathan Taylor is truly phenomenal. So I think he's going to be the guy.
1: Did you star in those Captain Obvious commercials? You
3: wanted me to take like Zeke or somebody, like get Chris? Saquon no. Barkley. Saquon Barkley is going to be the first one. I mean, come I'll,
1: on. I'll give you the guy. First guy to hit a thousand yards this year, Amber Joe Mixon. Okay. Joe Mixon hits a thousand yards. Why? Well, as much as we have talked about the offensive line being so much better to protect uh, Joe Burrow. I mean, think about what that's going to mean in terms of the running game. You have those three receivers outside that they have to respect all the time between Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. And now you have Joe Mixon, who's a tremendous running back, a guy that had 1,200 yards last year with that offensive line. I say Joe Mixon is the first one to hit 1,000 yards. Okay. First defensive player to hit 10 sacks. I wonder where you're going. Right now you're going through who can I? Who else can I pick so that I'm not so obvious that I didn't pick T.J. Watt? So T.J. Watt is quite literally on my
3: list in parentheses, but next to him is or Micah Parsons because
1: T.J. Right. Watt seems obvious, obvious choice.
3: Micah is a little bit more out there, slightly. Now slightly. I understand the trajectory there of Micah just the Parsons. That's the guy that everybody
1: thinks is going to be the best defensive player in the league for but years, we, but that's we, okay.
3: Which fine, we did just spend like you know the first part of the show, you know, questioning the Dallas Cowboys, though. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to have to be a little bit reliant on this defense. Uh, I think it's going to be an elite defense, Micah Parsons. There you go.
1: I'll go, TJ Watt. <laughs> okay. But this really is, is the I'll only winters. place where I'm going with the most obvious answer in all of it. And and the reason is that Steelers defense has so much money invested in it that there are too many other playmakers on it to not allow TJ Watt to get to the quarterback enough. Yes, he's going to get double and triple team because that's that's what happens. But he's still going to be able to get home because you'll see other guys on that defense as much as they are uh, just deep at, at so many different positions and the ability to get home i just i don't see a, a scenario where cam hayward doesn't have a big year where larry ogan isn't better i mean miles jack is there now so i i think there's a lot of help i think there's a lot of help for tj watt guys you have to pay attention i'll, I'll give you a runner-up and i'll Aaron say Donald. Trey Hendricks. <laughs> Trey, no, oh, no, look at you. Trey Hendrickson okay. from Cincinnati. I'm a big Sam Hubbard believer on the other side. He had seven and a half last year. I think he breaks out this year, and that will open it up a little bit more for Hendrickson. Okay, Amber, first coach to get fired, go.
3: Ron Rivera. You thought okay. I was gonna. You thought I was gonna go Matt Rule, didn't you? No, you I think
1: it. that you made up your mind within the last thirty seconds. I'm not gonna go Matt Rule. <laughs> Hell no.
3: I think a lot of people think Rivera is a good coach. I just think that Washington's going to be a dumpster fire again this season. I think that organization has a lot to do with that and I think it's just going to become too much. They're going to need to move on that. He's going to be the first guy.
1: Yeah, listen, I I get it. I have to believe that the first coach that's going to get fired this year is going to be Ron Rivera. I actually agree with you. We have the same answer. I don't think enough people look at it, but...
3: I thought you were going McCarthy.
1: He won't do it during the year. That's the whole thing. See, how many years did we sit here and say Jason Garrett's getting fired? And he never got fired. And why did he never get fired? Because he was happy to play that role of, thank you, sir, may I have another. You know, he would do whatever the owner wants. And I'm getting that same vibe here from Mike McCarthy. You know, I don't think he will do it. I don't think Jerry will do it. Uh, before the end of the year because that is an admission of a major mistake to bring him back in the first place. So I think it's Rivera primarily because if you look at it like Riverboat run, what has he really done since they went to the Super Bowl with the Carolina Panthers in 2015? Right. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. All right, last one. We end on a positive note. Okay. First receiver to hit 100 receptions on the season go.
3: Uh, that is going to be Devontae Adams. In fact, he's going to become the first receiver in NFL uh, history to have 115 catches in three consecutive seasons. It'll be Devontae Adams. It's a little bit out there. I mean, Aaron oh, Rodgers isn't throwing him it the football anymore. He paid a
1: fortune, and they gave up two first-round picks for him.
3: He doesn't Come have on. the MVP throwing him the football anymore. Uh,
1: but he's only got the guy who threw it to him in college, and he had hundreds <laughs> of catches with him there. All
3: right, go I out mean, on a limb then.
1: All right, the limb I am going out on is Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And it, it, listen, is that going out on a limb? Yeah. No, probably not. But here's why. it he 108 last year, and you had now Kevin O'Connell's offense. They are going to be throwing it all over the lot, the Vikings will, this year. Coupled with the fact that Dalvin Cook is a little bit further down the line uh, in his career, I think that you will see Justin Jefferson hit a hundred receptions pretty quickly. And I think Adam Thielen could hit ninety this year as well. I think that's absolutely a big possibility. And they weren't this is going to be even more friendly to them this year than the offense was last year. And that was friendly enough. And I'm just double checking right now. Thielen last season had sixty seven. I say he goes north of ninety and Jefferson north of one twenty there you go. See, this is how you do it. I don't take obvious people. That's all.
3: I mean, Justin Jefferson's pretty obvious. Eh. A lot of people do have him as the pick to be the best receiver in the league this I, season. I didn't
1: pick Devonte Adams. I mean, come on. Boy, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus. Speaking of Monday Night Football and football in general, Joe Buck joining KJM tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Up next, the biggest shock of the entire NFL postseason.
5: Check this out from Canty and Carlin.
1: A little bit of news. Certainly if you have fantasy concerns, 49ers tight end George Kittle groin injury suffered in Monday's practice per Kyle Shanahan. He is not practicing today. Unclear if it will keep him out this week. But there's a bigger concern with the 49ers right now, Amber Wilson. It's Chris Carlin and Amber Wilson. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber is in for the honeymoon. And Chris Canty will be back next week. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Earlier today, if you did not hear Greeny, uh, he found, uh, courtesy of Ben Volan on Twitter, uh, the top 10 best-looking quarterbacks. This is according to... The Golden Ratio Face app. Now, the only thing that I can surmise right away is that it must be starting quarterbacks. Because as Greeny pointed out, and it's just absurd to have a list otherwise, Jimmy G is not listed as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Best looking.
3: Best looking. Best looking, excuse me. Yes, one of the best quarterbacks would be reasonable. Best looking? Yes. Unreasonable. What?
1: Unreasonable is fair. I mean, listen, Jimmy G is an exceptionally good-looking man. I mean, it, this it, this brings us to a segment called "Lisi Never Lies. Christine Lisi, when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo being off this list, just let us know your feelings on this.
5: Why would he need, be, need to be on the list, Christine? Because he's a hunk? <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: fair.
1: Listen, there there have been worse reasons not to break up with someone. <laughs> and I would not be shocked if that was the case. That, once again, no. No,
3: this list is interesting. Uh, Joe Burrow is actually on the top of this list. Baker... Yeah. Josh Allen is
1: currently tied for eighth with Matthew Stafford. Well, at least we can battle that out on Thursday night. (laughs) So this is, (laughs) uh, uh, the rating is given uh, a score out of 10, okay? And this is by the Golden Ratio Face app. So they're trying to get, uh, they're trying to get obviously some, you know, press out of this. So what better way to do it? Hot take you know joe burrows the best looking guy not a bad looking guy don't get me wrong tom brady's third that's,
2: you want to take a stab at ridiculous. you want to take
1: a stab at who's number 2 keeping in mind starting quarterbacks baker mayfield baker mayfield amber brady third Aaron Rodgers fourth. Aaron Rodgers should be taken off the list, and I know it's not even there anymore, but just the mere fact that he had a man bun at one point. like
3: <laughs> The man bun. Don't knock the man bun. Some oh, i knock get- the man bun. No, some men can pull it off.
1: Yeah, n- not many, and Aaron Rodgers wasn't one of them. No, absolutely not. <laughs> well,
3: yes! Jimmy could pull off the man bun. Jimmy could pull <laughs> off
1: anything. Jimmy could pull off a lot of looks, Yeah. Yeah. Then, number tied for fourth with Aaron Rodgers. And this is the only sentence in which Aaron Rodgers and Geno Smith will ever be together: is Geno Smith. (laughs) Russell Wilson, sixth. Jacoby Brissett, seventh. Josh Allen, eighth. Behind Jacoby Brissett, Christine. I mean, that's absurd. Right. I think your guy needs to be further up that list too. Uh well, it's
3: funny too, because they describe the list like Matt Stafford, they have listed as normal. Joe Burrow apparently is perfect. Has a perfect rating on this app. Right. Yeah, and then like Baker Mayfield is pretty. Whereas <laughs> Matthew Stafford is normal.
1: Baker Mayfield through Russell Wilson, pretty. I, I mean, I listen.
5: I actually have a yeah, I have a quick question here. How much does J- uh, Burroughs' bling factor into this as well? As That's far what as, I want to know, because
1: Burroughs, like if we're talking about best dressed, Burroughs up there.
3: He has a swagger, absolutely. Yes.
1: Absolutely. It's got to be a factor. Now that guy can pull off a sweater with a gold chain. He can do that. Yes, and I'll give him credit. Throw in the sunglasses, that is a tremendous look.
3: I do feel like dreams come true because I have spent my whole life working towards this moment of getting to rate how good looking quarterbacks are with Chris, with Christine so like, and right. Having It's like true, kids. Yes! Ladies, do segment. we have, do without us
1: collectively making a trip to HR, is there any other, <laughs> is there any other notable, uh, exception or notable, uh, quarterback left off this list besides Jimmy G because as we've established it's a starting quarterback list (laughs) (laughs) even better wow that's really the trifecta for you yeah bingo wow that's outstanding uh
3: I can't disagree with anything she said
1: So basically your husband. Yeah, your husband right away knew that this guy's gonna be a problem.
3: (laughs) What? Sometimes you know, you know, sometimes you know. Should Justin Herbert have been on this list with the hair? Yeah, I think so.
1: I think Justin Herbert's a very good looking guy. He should have been on this list. Why isn't he on this list? Uh, Who? I don't know. Is there anybody anybody else who was a notable omission? Yeah. Zach Wilson?
3: uh well uh, very young
1: yes uh, he is a certain middle-aged
2: appeals women to a, some a... oh come on
1: there you go that is we Evan walked Rolmer, right ladies into and gentlemen. that one the new producer of canty and carlin on espn radio <laughs> we were all amber thinking wilson it. is in for canty today I I, Listen, Jimmy G not being on this list, why even have a list? It doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense whatsoever. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, one college coach with his new school. Things are not going well. Is he happy Trey
3: Lance isn't on this list?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Trey Lance is a good-looking guy, right?
3: Uh, Yeah, he is. Very good-looking guy.
1: (laughs) Listen, let's be honest. If we're going to make this list, there are very few ugly quarterbacks. Like, none of the quarterbacks have had a rough life up until that point you know going through high school and college by any stretch absolutely not like i may have gone to college and they may have gone to college but we went to two different colleges (laughs) that's all i'll say Canty and carlin next on espn radio now let's talk
5: about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play
2: You can't miss Canty and Carlin, Pound for
1: Pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio. Another interesting question that was asked today on Greeny as we are stealing material from Greeny today, and uh, justifiably so because it is an amazing question. Would you rather be the richest person in the world the smartest person in the world or the best looking person in the world Amber this is such an easy easy answer it is oh it's such an easy answer but I'm curious to hear what you would say first
3: well no now I'm curious to hear yours because I was very conflicted when I heard Greeny bring this subject up
1: it is not even close the smartest person in the world what I want to be the smartest person in the world why well immediately if i'm the smartest person in the world i can make money right i can find a way to make a lot of money and if i make a lot of money and i'm smart i immediately become a lot better looking
3: (laughs) that's true uh probably uh depending what circles you run in however if you're the richest person in the world i mean let's be real you're (laughs) automatic. automatically good looking to certain people. But also, if you're the richest person in the world, you can go get some help, you know, go visit your neighborhood plastic surgeon and maybe become very good looking. And then also, you could get some education and maybe become a little bit smarter. The smart one, I guess, is a little difficult to walk no, I, yourself I think into, you but you could smarts, become though. better looking if you yeah, were rich. I, I do think the best looking, I think I would choose best looking though, because name like the best looking person in the entire world that just has no money and no intelligence.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do know some, some handsome guys that have no clue have absolutely
2: no clue but
3: they don't have to because of how handsome they are <laughs> greenie brought it up greenie said do you think that the chess champion of the world is having more fun or george clooney and i thought that was an excellent point by him because yes, george listen, clooney when you're yeah. one of the better looking people in the
1: world things tend to fall into place but let me ask you this when george clooney was doing facts of life did anybody see this coming <laughs>
3: No, but he's that rare. George Clooney is one of those people that has gotten better with age.
1: I, I totally agree. And Amber, if there was one person, like if you gave me like three people, you have a choice of being three people. George Clooney would be one of the people that I would ever want to be as opposed to myself.
3: That's fair. I, I mean he, and also he's like a billionaire or something now because of the tequila brand as well. Right. So like he doesn't even have to act if he doesn't want to. It seems like a very fun life. He's got carved he's out. He's living himself.
1: on Lake Como. I mean
3: I know. That's it's about as good as it gets.
1: I, no question me though. If I'm smart, I can make the money and I will immediately be better looking. You make a you make a compelling argument though. I tell you I call I I, I could have told you so, but I mean honestly uh, Exchanges like we saw with Brian Kelly yesterday, I could have told you so. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Want to hear from you. We were discussing earlier Russell Wilson is a quarterback who has an awful lot to prove. Who else has a Dak Prescott has a ton to prove. Who is the quarterback this year who has the most to prove and what team can be this year's Cincinnati Bengals, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is your Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. LSU loses the other night in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, neither head coach Mike Norvell from Florida State nor Brian Kelly distinguished themselves down the stretch of that game, but they miss, they lose on a blocked extra point that would have tied the game up. Yesterday, Brian Kelly is doing his first uh, post-first post game um, press conference for the next week, and he had this exchange with a reporter who was late to the press conference. We'll open it up to this late-arriving uh, media crowd that uh, must have uh, enjoyed the, the weekend. Um, that's usually $10 um, that we put in the kitty. Um, for. We, we'll have a big bash at the end of the year at my place. you win on time? I don't think it has anything to do with winning. I think it has to do with being on time. So the reporter says, "If you win, I would have been on time." Now, the reporter since has said that she was joking and she was obviously not trying to, you know, get his goat so to speak. And Kelly didn't go off on it, but when you look at his face, it's clear That he was a little bit annoyed by the comment. And the reporter said, listen, it wasn't even funny. It was a dumb thing for me to say. That's number one. The reporter was so wrong to say it in the beginning. Trying to be funny, bad moment. Brian Kelly's going to have a lot of these. He's going to have an awful lot of these. Because this to me is one of the worst fits, coach and school in a long, long time in college football.
3: I have a hard time disagreeing with you right now. I mean, you are talking about a coach who had a lot of success at Notre Dame, but in his 12 years, that national championship eluded him. And now he walks into an LSU where the expectations are SEC-like, right? And that's the problem here. And that's going to be your exchanges with the media as well. When you join the greatest conference, those expectations exist He went down there because also what comes with that is your ability to recruit, your ability to get the best athletes. And since 2003, each of LSU's three previous coaches have won a national championship, right? Yes, it went south pretty quickly with Orgeron, but he Uh certainly still got one there. So from that perspective, it's a school you can win at, which is why Brian Kelly was attracted to this job. It felt like an odd fit from the beginning, and not just because he developed a fake accent, but it, it felt like an odd fit from the beginning. These exchanges certainly don't help. I get it though. Tensions run high, right? Like you're talking about a loss, a very disappointing loss that they were just coming off of. That factors into this, Carlin, in the moment yeah. where they were. It was a post game presser.
1: Well, it, was, it wasn't even that. It was the one yesterday getting ready for this week. So it was there oh, okay. too removed.
3: Okay. A day but or two it, but, removed from it. Okay. But, still, but still she's coming trying off to be funny. Of that loss.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's and trying to be funny and I get it, it wasn't funny. Now, the reason I say it's a bad fit, because I do believe in the SEC in particular and places like LSU that are just so different down south that you at least have to have coaches who are very familiar with that conference. I think to go there to to really have great success, right?
3: Like Nick from rec- a recruiting perspective, you need to know Louisiana to be able to recruit Louisiana. Is that essentially what you're
1: saying? Because no, what I'm saying is you need to know the culture of the people. You need to know the culture of the South. You need to know how you're going to be able to connect with people. Brian Kelly is wound pretty tight. And where does he come from? You know, Central Michigan uh, to Cincinnati to Notre Dame. He has been nowhere near the personality of southern football and what it means in the sec and that's why to me it was such a bad fit does it have to be excuse me somebody from the south no but it has to be somebody who was coached in the sec and understands the culture of football down there i think to have success when you walk in and your first exposure to it is as a head coach i think it's asking for trouble
3: i think if you're playing devil's advocate though that lsu would tell you well, Brian Kelly might not have the experience here down south, but he has the experience of coaching one of the most premier programs in the sport, right? And he did it for over a decade. And we know that the scrutiny that that brings when you're at the helm with Notre Dame. And so from that perspective, they did go after the veteran coach, the coach that had had success elsewhere, the coach that certainly been around the block elsewhere at well, as well at a high-profile program.
1: Yeah, but I'd argue that at Notre Dame... You know, Brian Kelly didn't really start to catch a lot of heat until the last year or two, and even then, they were they were pretty good. But they would lose that one or two games that would ultimately end up costing them. He did more than enough there. I'd argue there's more pressure for him at LSU to win than there is at Notre Dame because it's something you oh, just easy. talked about. I mean, the last three have won national championships. One of them was Nick Saban, so, and the other two... You know, moved on. I mean, it to me, and and you know, Orgeron gets fired. Like, what does that say? He's only a year and a half, two years removed from winning a championship. But exam.
3: Orgeron was as Louisiana as it gets. I mean, yes. talk about a guy who knew the culture. And yes. look what that got them. I mean, it got and them one title.
1: But. Listen, it got away from Les Miles too. It yep. got away from Les Miles in a big way. So I, I just I, they invested ninety million dollars into Brian Kelly, which mm-hmm. is in and of itself problematic. I, Brian, I think, is a good coach, but I think he's a great coach for a place like Notre Dame where his personality fits in more. I just don't see how, for the long haul, his personality is going to fit very well in Baton Rouge. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.